Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In this week's episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast, I get to talk with my friend and fellow LCA speaker, Carrie Scholl. We explore the topic of, is the solo agent dying? And our discussion goes deep into the mindset of what you need to do as an individual or team to break out and grab the attention of the consumer. Carrie shared so many great nuggets of information. You do not want to miss this conversation. So let's get started. Lab Coat Nation, welcome back to the Lab Coat Agents podcast. I'm really excited today because usually I interview people that I don't know all that well. Today, I'm interviewing somebody that I know very well. And every time I get the opportunity to speak to this freaking rock star of a woman, I am very excited. I like to just catch up with her, actually. Uh, so today, Lab Coat, we have Carrie Scholl on of the Carrie Scholl team also of Hyperfast Agent, which is the community coaching and academy. If you don't know who Carrie is, Carrie is from the DMV area, which by the way, if you don't know what that means, that includes all of DC, Maryland, and Virginia. There's a little nugget for you. <laughs> where they were the top team in volume, they are the top team in volume. They are currently up over 70% over 2018, so they're crushing it, and are currently have closed on over 500 homes in 2019. Carrie, you are crushing it. Welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Hi, I'm happy to be here. My goodness, love this community. And uh, the last time I saw you, if I do, actually time before last, you were in running shoes, <laughs> running around a group of lab code agents getting ready to announce me. So good to see you again, not in your running clothes. That's right. So what she's talking about is Carrie and I work the circuit, this, the, the lab coat speaking circuit. And uh, yeah, that was Atlanta. So we saw each other in San Diego. Then there was Atlanta before that. Uh, we're going to see each other coming up here in Detroit, which is going to be awesome, by the way. And by the way, um, I don't care if you guys live in Detroit. If you're anywhere close to Detroit, you guys better get your butts to see us because it's going to be absolutely off the hook. It is going to be one day of absolute fire. You will walk out of there with implementable items that you can put in your business like that day at the very worst the next day. So yes, be there. If you're anywhere within a, let's just say 500 mile radius, you better get your butt there. And what day is it? Uh, that is on Monday, September the 16th. It is going to be from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And there will be a little uh, fun activity afterwards as well. We'll probably be hanging out. And if you've never been to an LCA event, by the way, all of us speakers, everybody who comes who's on stage, usually, unless they have a reason that they have to get out of there, are always very accessible. And you can, we'll hang out, we'll have cocktails, we'll break bread. And uh, so you will gain a ton from being at the event. And then the bonus is, is you actually get to hang out with these people, which is, which is priceless. It's absolutely priceless. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really excited for Detroit. I think it's going to be amazing. 
So let's let me do this uh, before I get into you and you tell. So the, so the audience probably not everybody knows who you are knows about you, but I want to. Uh, First, tell people what we're going to talk about today, which I think is important. So Carrie, of, of course, can cover pretty much any topic. We talked about that before the show, and she's very, very good at it. But today, because she has absolutely crushed it, grown a team, which I want her to tell us about how that has kind of evolved and, and where she started and how she's come up, uh, we want to call this show or this topic, Why the Solo Agent is Dying. Yes, I know that's a very bold statement but that's what I wanted to tease because you want to stick around and listen to this. So before we dive into that specific topic, Carrie, please tell the audience about yourself, how you got in the business, how long you've been in the business and how you've built up to where you are today. Sure. Well, the first thing I'll tell everybody, I just had a baby. So I have a four month old baby and I also have a one year old and a three year old. So if you're out there trying to figure out like, how do I have a family and balance a family, or you're thinking about having kids, like it's possible. And part of the advantage of building a team is being able to have some of your time back, whether that means you're getting your first assistant, you're partnering with an agent. Like I am a huge believer in spending time with my family. So I'll rewind to the pre kid carry. There was a time I got into business. I was selling new construction properties for NBR and I was struggling to afford dollar beers. So my life was not always like this. I actually was recalling this the other day when I was thinking about it. I used to have this one blue notebook and when I would see the blue notebook, I would cringe because I used to write down how much I owed in rent and all my bills. I had them like handwritten by the way. And then I had a total and then I would take the total and I would say, okay, this is how much money. And I would reduce, 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 reduce. So I know how much I could spend. Right. So I did not come into this business having money. I came at it from a position of trying to learn and trying to sell new homes. And then my mentor came to me after I'd been in the business of selling new homes first and then condos and said, Hey, Carrie, I have a $50 million investor that wants to buy bulk short sales and foreclosures. If you leave the new, new home sale industry and get in the resale industry, I want to partner with you and we can both leave and do it together. This seems like a brilliant idea, right? So I'm like, yes, I, I definitely want to do it. I was making a lot of money selling new homes. The market was hot. It was from 2005 to 2008. So in 2008, I left my very cushy job, got in the resale market, having done the math on a $50 million investor. And lo and behold, that guy went and bought a hotel with the money. And I woke up and I remember actually waking up in the morning one day and just like laughing out loud. I was kind of crying too at the same time. And I'm like, holy crap, I am a real estate agent. Like I don't have a client. I don't really know a lot of people because I moved to Washington DC for my job selling new homes. I need to like go figure out how to do this. And so I, I was at a Remax at the time The the office was in a circle. And I remember that I would just walk the circle looking for someone to give me advice or someone to talk to very aimlessly trying to figure out what the heck to do to be a real estate agent. And I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. <laughs> Okay, so take us down the path. Where did you go from there? So in 2010, 
I attended a live event. And part of the reason that I'm pushing you guys to make it to Detroit, that I believe live events are the heartbeat of our business is because it's what changed my life. You know, 2008 to 2010, I was lost. Then I go to this live event. I talk to a bunch of agents that are highly, highly successful, that are absolutely crushing it. I see the teams they've built. And overnight, I went from feeling like a lone wolf that was kind of sad. I'm not really like a lone wolf person, right? I like a team. I like being surrounded by people. I like changing each other's lives, right? So for me, going to this event was so invigorating because I realized if they can do it, I can do it. And so I developed this very clear vision of growing a team. And from 2010 to 2015, I went from 21 sales to 365. Holy cow. Holy so it's just like put on the gas. And the biggest takeaway from that time period in my life, if I were to say, people ask me sometimes like, well, what's your tip from doing that? Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Like talk to people who are really successful and make sure that the program they're telling you about isn't a brand new idea. But if it's something that they've tested and they're actually getting a tremendous ROI on it, like just copy it to ask them like, Hey, are you okay? If I try and execute this in my market, like if somebody asks me that most of the time, I'm like, sure, here's all the material. Just change out the logos and go for it. Right. So I had the fortune of meeting all of these successful agents that were pouring into me in my business. And I just kept copying, testing and duplicating copying, testing, duplicating. And then that, that helped me to expand a lot faster. That is awesome. And I want to backtrack to what she said originally, which kind of spearheaded and, and, and catapulted her uh, to success, which is the events, because we can't stress this enough. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, you know, Carrie now holds her own events. I'm heavily involved in holding events with lab code agents. So do we have a little bit of bias? Sure. But what put us in this position is literally, I can say the same thing as events. Where'd we meet? At an event, right? I mean, you yes. can, you, yeah. cannot, you cannot put a price tag on the opportunities that are created because I, Carrie said something that I think some people, it will resonate with and some won't, which is uh, if I like being around people. Well, not everybody likes being around people and that's not necessarily the point. The point is, is going to these events. You don't have to want to do a team but you will gain so much from successful. You will not find any other setting where successful people are willing to share than they are at these events anywhere else in our business. It's true. And so I think a lot of people, what's amazing about the age we're in today, we're sitting here doing a podcast. We're trying to help. There's no ulterior motive, right? We're trying to help people take away a nugget that changes their business and their life. But the difference of sitting down and having a beer with Jeff sitting down and having a beer with me, we're going to be able to like have our laptop there and actually send you the files and do all of this stuff to actively help you in your business. Where if you're not at a live event, you're taking away the nuggets, but then you're left to execute them on your own at a live event. There's an execution strategy and a lot of time materials that go right with that. And you can ask questions, right? So to me, you're right. I put on my own event now. And part of the reason I do it, like the first year I got roasted at our mastermind because I lost so much money and everyone's like, why are you doing an event where you're losing money? And I'm like, I just, I need you guys to know that if I didn't have live events, I'd probably be in another business because I wouldn't have kept struggling and suffering and not feeling like I had it figured out for that much longer. 
So if you're at that place in your business right now, guys, where you're like, is this it? Is this what my life is going to be like forever? Get yourself to an event where people can pour into you and help you just totally catapult where you are. I agree. I agree. We cannot stress it enough. And it's really, to me, it's baffling how many people make excuses on why they can't go to events. If there's one thing you should do in your business, you're, hey, hey, we're getting in, into the fall here of 2019. Build this into your business plan. I get it. Not everybody makes a ton of money and that's okay, but there's, ton, there's something local everywhere. Everywhere. There's no excuse. You need to build this Find into your business. Find a lender that wants to partner with you and go together and save some money, right? Like if you need to share a hotel room, find someone else from your market who wants to do it. Just get creative because you can do it. I've been traveling around the country since my son was six weeks old with him because I'm breastfeeding, right? And I'm at masterminds and I have like him in the back of the room while I'm feeding him and I'm like, you know what? I, I have to be here because it feeds my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and by the way, I sat backstage with Carrie at LCA Live while she was breastfeeding her son. So <laughs> if, if there ever was an ex, if that's an excuse for any woman listening to this, I'm telling you right now, Carrie, it's not an excuse for Carrie. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what separates. I'm sorry best. about that, Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, at, at first it was a little awkward, but knowing that Dan was in the room, I was okay with it. It was like, okay, if Dan's okay with this, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> oh man. So, okay. So, so that first of all, and then going back to that, that is so freaking impressive. I just had a baby, as you know, where we kind of in the same timeline, I have an eight and eight and a half month old and that's hard. Like it's changed my life. It's, and I have older kids and you don't realize, you know, I wasn't as successful back then and doing as many things. I just told my wife this yesterday. It's like having kids. I have one, one kid under the age of 10 and she's eight and a half months, but I'm like, it's completely changed what I can get done. Like I'm busier now and I come home and I'm just dialed in. I mean, I'm still on my phone, but I'm dialed into my daughter until she goes to bed. And so I can't even imagine what it's like having three kids under the age of four. That's nuts. And your mom and I'm dad. You know, dad, you know, we all let's let's be honest. Dads aren't don't quite don't do as much as moms do. Not even Your close. Moms don't work the same way ours do. Exactly. So it's like, how in the hell? We're totally digressing, but I think this is important to talk about. Is like, you know, how do you manage that? How to, how do you find the time to be mom to these little kids and be so damn successful? Obviously, team is one of them. But but tell us more about that. Yeah. So I think that really gets to the essence of the conversation today. I think there's two ways to think about it. When you think about being a solo agent, and for some of you that are solo agents and successful, I applaud you. I am, I, I can't imagine that I could still do it if I was just on my own. But I think the key is separate of whether you can do it and you want to do it. The industry is changing. And because the industry is changing, it's time to open your eyes and look around you and the, the client's expectations are changing, right? You're dealing with a different population. If you've been in the business for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, some of you 40 years, right? People are expecting real-time responses, which means you can never shut off as a solo agent. So if we just talk about your psyche, your peace of mind, I said they're dying and some of them are dying of a heart attack because they can't stay on top of everything that's happening if they're actually successful in scaling a business. So the, the first part of it for me, part of my being able to have three children that are young, I mean, three under four, people think I'm nuts, right? 
Yes, but I started. I would say yes to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I started later in my life, right? Having kids, so I didn't have the luxury of having them three years apart or four years apart. Or I talked to moms that are like, "Oh, I have, you know, my my first and second. I met someone yesterday that they were eleven years apart. Like, okay, I would be really old if I tried to do that. So, for me, when it comes to the team part, you're just taking and you're trying to decide what are the activities that are, are not worth the hourly rate that I demand, right? That are not worth my time and my skills. And let's be honest also, that some of the things that you're doing, you're not good at. So it's actually a disservice to your client. When I hear agents tell me, yeah, but I'm a control freak and I want to do it all myself. I'm like, look, the bottom line is this. If you're amazing at sales and you absolutely crush it, my guess is there's a weakness somewhere, whether you want to admit it or not. And instead of having someone who's really strong at that skill set that's compensating for your weakness, you're trying to do it all. And that's really fear and maybe a lack of self understanding because there are weaknesses. We all have them. And so for me, it was all about building my team around my weaknesses. I am not fantastic at follow up, I don't like sitting at a desk and making tons of calls or sitting at a desk and doing tons of emails, like that's not my core strength. And so what I would say to everybody out there, figure out your core strengths, figure out the things you don't like doing, and then make a list of what you do in a week and circle the things that you're either not good at or you don't like and figure out how to build a job description if you haven't built a team. And then the next thing I hear is like, I tried it and it didn't work for me. I tried to hire an assistant. Well, most of the time, you're so afraid that if you hired the wrong person, you don't want to do it again. But 50% of the time, you're going to hire the wrong person, right? So give yourself some grace and recognize you didn't fail. You're not alone at this. But 50% of the time, you're going to get it wrong. And then the other piece that I think is really important when you're hiring your first assistant, you're thinking of it only as an expense. You're not thinking of it as an investment. So if you're hiring your first assistant and you underpay them, you're naturally going to get somebody who's worth what you're paying them. So then it's like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You're saying it's not going to work for me. It's not going to work for me. Then you try and spend the least amount of money possible to hire the person. You're paying them 30 grand a year and they're missing details. And you're wondering why can't I hire anyone good? If you had just decided to spend 40, 45, a little bit more money, you would have got someone of a higher caliber that was more capable of doing what you wanted. Right? So that's, that's a huge tip. Hey, like, if you want somebody who's going to be amazing that you can count on, structure it so that they have skin in the game and they want to create results in your business and set it up so they can make more when they take your success beyond where it is right now. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, you know, so you, and we kind of catapulted to where we are now from the kid conversation, from the being a parent conversation of, and this is kind of down that path of, 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 of why we wanted to talk about why the solo agent is dying. And, and so could you maybe elaborate a little bit more or tie that together uh, sure. with why we decided to, to use this title for this podcast, basically, and, and, and explain to them why it is that you believe that, why you think that? Well, I think because of the response time that clients are looking for, the solo agents are exhausted. 
they're running on fumes and that's a piece of it. And then the other piece of it is that the public, when they're sitting down and interviewing, when I come with my army of 85 against a single solo agent, and I talk to them about my digital marketing team and how we're selling properties and the fact that we sold 30% of our listings off market, right? We're actually going out and finding the buyer. We're networking with other agents to help facilitate that process happening. It's hard to compete with that. So if you don't have a team as people are interviewing and, and what all else is changing in the world is 10 years ago, everyone hired a real estate agent from a referral. Now they're going on Yelp. They're looking at your reviews on Zillow. They're deciding who to interview based on what people are saying. And when they see that I have 481 reviews on Zillow and they see that a solo agent has 10, who are they going to interview? So you're not even getting in the door because the interview doesn't occur after someone chats at church anymore. That's not the way people do research. So yes, you can still get referrals. I'm not arguing that. But when you're talking about scaling a business and being really successful, it's not as easy as it used to be to get the referrals. It's a lot easier to get reviews. I, and I think it's important to say here that the, the one word that that, I, that comes to my mind in everything that you just described is leverage. You yes. need to create leverage for your business. And, and whether that's a team or that's technology or that's uh, the perception of an army behind you, because let's be honest, you know, social media, you, the perception is reality. Uh, you need to create that leverage. And that's exactly what Carrie's done because I'm thinking to myself, if I'm a solo agent in, in the DMV market, like my new favorite little thing, by the way, DMV, now that I know what it means. I, I'm like, screwed. There's no way I'm going to try to compete with somebody on your team because you probably train them so well that they know that they're going to leverage all of those resources as a, you know, as a part. Of, they're going to pull out their ammo and it's going to blow away my ammo. So you want to know something hilarious that I just thought of? When I was younger, I had a marketing, I outsourced my marketing, right? Because I didn't have, I didn't have enough money to have a full-time marketing person. And so this was really early. And I remember that he used to have this assistant, Anna. And so he would be like, uh, Anna would email me like, let me check with Ryan and I'll get back to you with his availability and we'll get it scheduled. So like a year into our relationship, he admitted to me that he was Anna. (laughs) I always was like, whoa, he has a full-time assistant. He's so important. So perception is reality. He just created another email that was Anna that was like all of the assistant tasks and it was him. That I'm like, is... Oh, that is brilliant. That's hilarious. But that's a hack. Like if people think you've got somebody that's like handling the details, that automatically makes it better. That is so brilliant. That is so awesome. And I've heard that before. I guess it just hasn't resonated with me. But now that you say it, it's like that is so freaking hilarious, but so smart. I mean... I'm like, must be such a successful marketer like yeah. he has an assistant and meanwhile he's like yeah no nope. that's you and you could just basically do that with like every little facet or piece of the real estate business when you're sitting down with a client well well let me get with my listing specialist or let me get with my showing specialist or let me get with my whatever which could be a va or it could not even exist it's really just you but it makes you sound really I, you know what 
people buy that crap and that that's what works. That's brilliant. I love that. That's a great nugget. Thank you. Yeah. You just have to make sure that you're always honest. So practice your wording so that you're never lying to anyone because you want to be completely genuine in your business and always tell the truth. So the way he talked about it, it just like, he never was dishonest with me. I never, when he told me, I never was like, oh, you lied. Right. I was just like, you are brilliant. So, so how did he do that to where, because he actually had a name for her. How did he do that? Yeah. Well, he would just like reference. He would never say like, I have an assistant, Anna. He would, he just email. I think what he did was basically just email me from Anna's account and say, Hey, I'm trying to set this up for Ryan when works for you. And then from then on, it was always like, there was this Anna in the picture. I love that. That is that is so awesome. So, all right, that that was great. Now, now let's let's digress a little bit here, and and so you know we talk about creating that leverage, and so let's dive deep into you know what it takes to start a team. And I think that the two biggest correct me if I'm wrong, but the two biggest reasons why someone may not move forward in hiring a team is a I can't afford it, which I'm going to let you talk to that, uh, but b. I think it's the perfectionism in people. Like I've got people that work for me and they struggle to scale their business in my opinion, because they won't let go because they've, they say, they straight up say it. Well, nobody will do it good enough for me. Right. So let's, let's talk about both topics separately. Uh, You take whichever one you want to go with first and then get, and then circle back to the other one. So, you know what I think actually even trumps the perfectionist. I think there's a missing category of problem here. I think it's that people who are in this business that are going to take a risk on a hundred percent of their income as entrepreneurs, most of the time they value freedom so much. That's what drives them. And they believe by hiring an assistant, they're going to be chained to their office. Hmm. It's a big, it's I, and this isn't something that I'm like guessing This is something from talking to a ton of people that are stuck with hiring their first assistant. Or when you think about the idea of having a team, they're like, oh my gosh, I'll talk to agents all the time. That must be horrible. You have to deal with all of those people, right? Like, how does that work? So they view all the people as taking time away from you instead of giving you time back. It's just a mindset difference, right? You can't even relate to that. I don't think that way. Yeah, I sure. think I think it's leverage. Every single person I hire just creates more leverage for me. If you guys think of it that way when you're listening to this, please message me, jump on Facebook, send me a message because I know you're out there and you know why I know you're out there? Because I was you. I It wasn't that I was afraid of the money with hiring my first assistant. What stalled me in doing it was my time. I'm like, where am I going to find the time to train this person? How am I going to have meetings? Because I knew everyone had meetings, right? How am I going to have meetings with this person? Because I want to be able to go to Hawaii when I want to go to Hawaii. And my family lives in Oregon. I want to go home for Christmas. And I want to be able to stay for two or three weeks. Like I had all these ideas about what I wanted to do. But the reality is I'm in Hawaii pacing on the beach, listening to a closing because no one's there to do it for me. Like, So what happened And what I believe will happen for all of you is that as soon as I hired my first assistant, my business just started growing and growing and I had more flexibility of time. So I think that the the answer is you're going to hire the person and set 
setting expectations. Do not tell them if you're someone who doesn't want to be in the office every day, set that expectation. Hey, I'm not going to be in the office every day. A lot of times I'm out on appointments. We're going to have a meeting. Most of the time it'll occur on Wednesdays at this time. This is how you'll communicate with me. So one of the key things, we do daily reports. So someone will just communicate, hey, here's what I accomplished today. Here's the things that are questions that I have or that there was a lack of clarity over an assignment or anything like that. And it helps you to recalibrate instantly so you're not going down the path for too long of having the wrong person in a role or something like that. That's awesome. I, I think, um, I, and you know, you, you, you could see through my, a lot of people are just listening to this. They're not watching us talk to each other. And I think you could tell by my reaction, I, I, I didn't think, I don't think that way. Uh, but I think you're probably 100% right. Now that once you explained it to me, it totally makes sense that, that, that there is that fear uh, and that is probably one of the biggest fears in hiring an assistant. I think that's crazy. Yep. Yep. And I guess it was you, like you said, it, it was you, but, and, and let's, let's not sugarcoat this. Hiring an assistant is not all rainbows and puppy dogs. I mean, there is going to be that time frame, that window when you are going to work harder because not only do you need to manage your business, but you're training someone to manage your business. So that takes time. Like it's not easy. If it was easy, we'd all just do it. We'd snap our fingers and do it. So that is that is one of those pieces that you have to work through. But once you get through it, and I think you can obviously attest to this, uh, it changes your life. Absolutely. 100%. So the second thing, which you brought up also, is the money. Mm -hmm. So when people, whenever people ask me, okay, Carrie, how, I mean, I can't afford $40,000 a year. I can't afford $50,000 a year or 30,000, depending on the market, what's a good salary for someone is different. What I always tell you the people to do is, okay, do not think about the annual salary. Because if you think about the annual, it's gonna be overwhelming. Instead, divide that by 12. Figure out what you're coming out of pocket and that person should be paying for themselves in 90 days. So can you afford 90 days? And can you set up a plan where you're able to delegate a lot of your responsibility to do more of the key money-making activities? And in my experience, I like licensed assistants. So if you are not hiring someone that's licensed, I would also budget to get them licensed in those first 90 days. Why? Because showing properties, doing home inspections, doing walkthroughs, going to measure furniture, all of that is hours and hours and hours of your life that you can get back by hiring the right assistant. That's not the real money-making activity. And so some of my agents, because now at the point where my team is, I have four agents that have licensed partners that work with them. And those licensed partners are still going to make eighty dollars to $100,000, the partner agent. The primary agent is going to be making four dollars to $600,000, right? So the reason that I, that I bring that up, and for those of you that are in markets where you have lower price points that you're hating my guts right now, we are hiring. You can <laughs> we have a high price point. We have a lot of business. We, we just last, this is crazy. We were studying our statistics. We generated 1,781 leads last week. Like we, because we put a digital marketing agency in place, we have that kind of volume now. And I know you guys aren't to that point, 
many of you, but some of you are generating a ton of leads and you don't have the right agents in place. So that's another whole thing is like the chicken or the egg when you're dialing it up, how do you dial it up so you can support the team members that you're bringing on? And my answer has always been like, you just have to anticipate and do the best you can and you're never going to be perfect. So as you're growing, you will get bruises. You will get, you will have problems, but that would happen if you were on your own. If you were on your own, there would be a time when you got so many listing referrals or so many buyer referrals, or you had a client coming from out of town and then you had a listing appointment at the same time. There would be those challenges that you were gridlocked and you struggled to work around. So for me, you know, we got 21 offers in last week on properties, 21 offers in. I would much rather be dealing with bigger problems and more people and have the, the scope of business because it's just so exciting. There's always so much going on. So, and it gives us the leverage to be able to win in a competitive situation many times. So to me, like if you know the world's changing, you know that you're starting to be stressed out in a different way as a solo agent. I'm not necessarily saying, hey, come join my team or hey, go join a team in your market. What I'm saying is start to think creatively about how to form a team around you. And if that team ends up being another agent in your office and you partner together, we can do an entire course on that because there are structures that will make you hate each other's guts and there's structures that'll work. But at least start thinking about how to remain competitive in a changing environment. Love this. I love this. And for anybody who missed that, that was 1,781 leads last week. My God. I don't even know how the hell you manage all that. It's crazy. That's, that's awesome. Okay, so let's, let's step even further back real quick. And now you've got people thinking and they're saying to themselves, damn it, Carrie's right. I need to hire an assistant. Where do I find my assistant? Where do I find this person? Sure. I think that that's a really good um, question. I would recommend posting on social media, do a quick FaceTime live and talk about who you're looking for. What are the characteristics of that person? And what are not the characteristics of that person? Like who will succeed and who won't succeed? And then say to your friends, family, like sphere, hey, if you know someone and you're not sure that they're the right fit, I'd love to at least talk to them. So please send an introduction because their biggest fear is what if I introduce someone who's not right? So they, they withhold, just like they don't refer you business sometimes because they're afraid that their friend's friend is a jerk, right? They don't, or, oh, what if they're not really ready? I don't want to waste their time. Like you have to install the right habits in your sphere for giving you business just like you for giving you you reels for potential team members. So at this point, the majority of, of the people that we hire, we hire through one of our agent spheres, through one of our employee spheres, or I think Glassdoor is a phenomenal place to hire from. If you put an ad on there, we still hire from Craigslist. People are like, I don't use Craigslist anymore. That's old news. I love Craigslist. I would say that we are... Every couple hires, someone's coming from Craigslist, which sounds crazy. LinkedIn is huge for us. And there's different types of LinkedIn ads. We've tested all different types. We've been very, very successful, especially with very detailed, hard to find positions. So as an example, we needed someone to manage our database. 
And our database is Confusionsoft, otherwise known as Infusionsoft. <laughs> so it took somebody who had a very technical background who was really, really talented. We were able to find him through LinkedIn. So the main first step I would take, uh, and one other tip, when you put in these ads, if you're looking for somebody who's really attentive to detail, make sure you create a filtration system and how you do it upfront. So let me explain what I mean. Do not say, send your resume to with your email with no instructions, because then all of a sudden, if you just put it out there, you're going to get like 200 applications. And I am telling you that from personal experience. When I hired my first assistant, I was going camping with my friends. I was sobbing because I had hundreds of applications. I was so busy. I was taking one day to go away. And the day that I was away, I planned to go through the resumes. And I thought I'd have like 10 and one of them would be great. And I'd hire them and that would be it. That is not the way that it worked out, right? I had like 200, 250 applications. So what I learned from that horrible, horrible experience and waste of my life going through all those resumes, now I have them put something in the subject line. So their favorite color, their favorite band. And I put those instructions at fine, in fine point at the very bottom. So I know if somebody took the time to read my entire job description and then anything that does not have what I instructed in the subject line, I just delete it. Boom, gone. Because it there's no excuse, right? So that's, that's like the first hoop you put them through and it saves you so much time. I promise you 70% of the people will never even read to the bottom of your ad before they apply. That is another golden yet so simple nugget that you're so right. I mean, I do that with my own employees, with my staff, is I, I put something at the bottom to see who actually read it or watched the whole video. I've never thought to do it when you're hiring. That's freaking brilliant. Thank you. For that. But don't do it for salespeople. Because you automatically know they're not going to read to the bottom. Is that what it is? This ones will never read. Would you actually read to the bottom? Because I sure wouldn't. Probably not. So you have to know who you're trying to target and then set up the way you hire for the personality of the person you want. I like it. Oh, now, I will say that. Now that you've said that, though, and you asked me if I would, I will say that I've gotten better about it because it's like pot calling kettle. It's like, how can I call my people out? And when I don't do it, I have to set the example uh, so I do go out. And, and honestly, I'm also consuming content. I mean, you and I both know that that's a part of our world. We have to consume. We have to read. We have to follow people. It's that's a part of our world, but that's totally digressing. And what's that? If we're honest, we scan. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. read every word, but somebody who's going to be responsible for doing the eyes on the contract and the T's, they need to read every word. And so, right there, if you're trying to hire for one of those detailed positions, you want to eliminate the people who are not going to do that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. So another great set of advice. Uh, I have one last question on this topic uh, before as we're, as we're getting deep on time is sure. where, you know, we, we've talked, we've just arbitrarily talked about hiring an assistant first. So backing it back even further, right? We're kind of starting in the, in the future and going back to the past. Now they know why they need to hire. They know how they need to hire, but now what do you hire? So, you know, you're a solo agent is it an assistant? Is it uh, somebody to handle paperwork? Is it somebody to help with marketing? Is it somebody to help with social media? Is it somebody to help with video? What, where do you hire? And what do you, how do you suggest someone figure that out? 
So remember the exercise I was talking about where you listed all of your strengths and weaknesses and then you circled the behaviors that or the tasks that you did not want to do? That's where you start. So it's not the same. Like a lot of coaches are like, okay, first you hire when you get to X amount of transactions, then you hire this person. And then when you get to Y transactions, you hire this person. I don't like that because it assumes we're all the same. What will what will make my business skyrocket and what will make yours may be different, right? So there may be somebody out there that's just ridiculous on the phone. They're an incredible, incredible converter on the phone and they don't enjoy being in person so much. So your first hire might be a buyer's agent, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, you evaluate your weaknesses and then you figure out who you're going to hire. My personal story, because I told you I wasn't as good at the follow-up, I hired an assistant, and then I hired a buyer's agent, and then I hired three ISAs. Interesting. Because I knew I was really good at generating leads. I knew that I could turn up the gas on that and do more and more and more lead generation from hello. So then it was, okay, I'm really good at generating leads. That's not, I don't have a marketing challenge. I still outsourced my marketing when I was getting hundreds of leads a month, right? Because uh, I felt confident that I could do a lot of that when I was smaller. Now I outsource all of that, and I'm just a strategic advisor to their efforts, right? Uh, uh, and by outsourcing for you, that means on your team. Yes. But, but, to clar- but to clarify, you could outsource it. I mean, you bring up a good point in talking about VAs, which are virtual assistants. I mean, that's also another great option for someone to kind of tiptoe into hiring full-time, right? It is. I, I don't love VAs. So okay. I'll be honest. I have tried to use VAs before. And because I love being surrounded by people, for me, a VA is like, there. it's so hard because you can't sit down and look them in the eyes and like figure out what drives them and figure out how to change their life in the same way that you can someone who's there. And if you need somebody to run a a folder of brochures out to the listing before it goes live, like if you have a VA, you're leaving yourself doing a lot of that. And then to piggyback on that, a lot of your time is still spent in home inspections in final walkthroughs and showing the homes. Like when you think about the allocation of how you want that person to spend their time to me, having them, in a client facing role for a lot of what they're doing is going to eliminate the most time from somebody who's doing the buy side and the list side. So that's, that's my personal opinion. I like it. I like it because I think, especially like in lab code agents, you hear that a lot and you hear people recommending VA. So it's good to hear a differing opinion. Everything that Carrie shares or anybody shares is really just an opinion or, or what your experience is, is proven. Yep. And it's not to say that I'll never test a VA again. I'm sure I will. But in the times that I have tested it, there was a lot of turnover. I never felt, and one of my best friends, by the way, would tell you the complete opposite. So on her team, she found somebody who was an incredible VA and then that VA hired other VAs. And she has a team of VAs working that are dynamite. So I don't want to, I don't want to discount what is possible. I just, for my personality, I want to be able to like, let's all go to happy hour and have like everybody pal around. And, and so I think that that cultural 
fit. And you guys, if you follow me on social media, you know, I'm at like pool parties with my team and we're on yachts and we're like, we, I like that part of the team. And I think it gets people really close. So that's, that's just me. Um, I have one other piece of advice for people that I want to make sure we get to before we run out of time. And I know we're going to run out of time. How you onboard and how you interview really matter. So what I, what I would advise you to do, figure out the core responsibility and don't just take the candidate's word for it that they're good at that. Figure out how to test for it because so many people will come in there and they will tell you how detailed they are and how amazing they are and how good they are on the phone. So I'll start with just saying for our ISA position, there's a script. They have to study the script. And then when they come in for the interview, if we like them, we give them like 24 hours to study the script and we do a live conversion call and my are the ones who decide who gets into their department. So they will do a phone call with the candidate and see how they handle objections on the fly, like how quickly they think or not is based on how they perform. If you're a buyer's agent on my team, my recruiting manager will have you come in and then she'll give you our entire buyer presentation and she'll have you go home and study it. And then you come, all the people who are responsible for doing Excel, we found a test and I don't know exactly what it is because I wasn't involved in the process, but we want to see what is exactly their level of expertise with Excel. And what we found people who say they're good at Excel, some people think they're good at Excel if they can just type shit into Excel, but like formulas, people say they're good at Excel when they don't know how to do formulas. They don't know how to do pivot tables. They don't. So test. If you're going to have someone come in and do social media, pay them to come work for three days and do your social media and see if you like their style. If you're doing graphic design, like test them on all the elements that are critical to them being successful at the job and you'll avoid a lot of mistakes. That is really good. And, and, and you're right. And I was thinking as you were telling me this, I don't know that I've ever interviewed somebody that didn't sound amazing in the interview and didn't work out like more, more than 50% of the time, right? They, everybody just turns their game face on in an interview. And, um, that's a, that's a really good, that's, that's three great nuggets that I took from this. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully the audience is, uh, is, is as blown away as I am. Cause this has been awesome. Carrie, I've, I've had a lot of fun today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We well, do good. actually have a course on hiring and it goes over everything that we do in recruiting, everything like where we put the resumes. It actually, we give our ads away. So we're like, Hey, you want to hire for an assistant? Here's the ad that we use. Here's the headline. Here's how we post it. You want to, and then here's the questions that we ask in the interview. Like we systemized it down to the T because I'm so passionate about people building a team because I believe it gives them a life. So if anyone's interested in that, I'll send Jeff the link and you can post it up there. You know what? Well, since you brought it up, let's, so first of all, you mentioned to people to, uh, to, you know, Facebook message, if they need to get a hold of you, what is a way that number one, people can get a hold of you if they have questions for you, if they want to pick your brain some more. I know I have a good friend in my market that I think has become a good friend of yours with Sarah Tadlock. And so, and so, and, and I, so I can attest to this. It's not just me. It's like there was an, there's an agent in my market who's in St. Louis that's become really good friends with Carrie, who's in DMV. So, uh, how can they get a hold of you uh, first? 
So I'm on um, Instagram, Facebook. I check my messenger myself. So if you guys have a question, definitely, definitely just hop on there and let me know what your thoughts are. If you're struggling with something we talked about today, like this is what I'm passionate about doing now is like giving back to real estate agents because I know it's not easy. And I've been walking that circle at Remax, right? Like somebody help me. I love it. I love it. And so then you also mentioned, so we've talked and, and I briefly mentioned in the beginning was the hyper fast agent community in the coaching platform. So just give us a real quick, you know, 30 second snip of what that's about. Sure. Absolutely. So Hyperfast, we founded because we researched the average income of agents because we were recruiting a couple years ago. And it was like the average income is $27,988 throughout the country. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like people are foreclosing on their houses trying to make it as real estate agents. And I believe it's not that hard if you're not on your own. So we put together the first step of Hyperfast, we put together an academy and we started creating courses that were exactly the courses we gave our agents. So it started out with like, how to work with a buyer. How do you take someone through the entire process and set the right expectations so you have a winning relationship? How do you go in someone's living room and blow them away and get them to sign the listing agreement in the first meeting, right? So there's simple courses like that. And then we got a little bit more detailed, like how do you do the digital mayor of your town? Like, so then it, once, uh, once we started going down that path, like how do you recruit? What gets in the way of people recruiting? So it's, do you, should you recruit? Like, what are the questions you should be asking yourself before you do it? So the Academy is, is really cool and I love it. And I just filmed an ISA course for people who are looking to hire ISAs last week. So we're constantly building the Academy. Wow. Very, very um, cool. Very cool. And so where, and where can they go to find this? So if somebody's interested in more, where can they go to find that? Hyperfastagent.com. Awesome. Hyperfastagent.com. Carrie, uh, you are an amazing person. Go follow Carrie. If you don't ever message her, don't go to that website. If nothing else, go friend her, follow her on all the social media platforms, what she's doing, what she has accomplished, what she continues to share with the real estate community is absolutely at the, at the highest, highest level. You are an amazing person. I'm so fortunate that we've gotten to become friends. I'm very excited that I get to see you here in a couple of weeks and I uh, look forward to doing this again here very soon. You are, you are awesome, Carrie. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here and excited for everyone to take this and use it to build their business. Fantastic. Thank you. So once again, as always, if you like what you hear on this podcast, do not keep us a secret. Please share it. Make sure you're consistently downloading, but let the community know, let the real estate community know, let your lenders know, let your title agents know. Let your, your ancillary partners know because this is value for everyone. Uh, so please don't keep it a secret. Share us. Uh, we want to share with all of the community and we love having people just like Carrie on because she does the exact same thing, subscribes to the exact same vision that we do as well. So again, Carrie, thank you so much and uh, I will see you very soon. Thanks, Jeff. See you soon. Agents Podcast.